Rev it up and welcome to Cars Yeah, show number 1915. This week we're celebrating the Chattanooga Motor Car Festival that takes place October 15th, 16th, and 17th. The event includes the West Village Road Rally, the Pace Grand Prix at the Bend, and a Concord Elegance, plus much, much more. To learn more about this wonderful event and get your tickets, go to ChattanoogaMotorCar.com. This is Cars Yeah, where you'll enjoy interviews with inspiring automotive enthusiasts. Mark Green is here to provide you with a fuel injection of automotive inspiration. So get in, sit down, buckle up, and get ready for a wild ride here on Cars Yeah. Hello, inspiring automotive enthusiasts, and welcome to Cars Yeah. I'm so excited today because I'm in beautiful Vero Beach with a very special returning guest here on Cars Yeah, racer extraordinaire Brian Redman. Brian, welcome back to Cars Yeah. Do you have any gear, and are you ready to release the clutch? Well, Mark, thank you very much, and congratulations on your new grand parenthood. Thank you for your kind comment. Yeah, my uh, my listeners uh, may know it by this point, but uh, yeah, I'm a grandpa now, so you can call me grandpa. How's that? <laughs> is, is there a proper British term for a grandparent? Not really, no. I mean, I just used to call my grandpa, you know, grandpa. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But it's straightforward. Yeah. Well, we're all trying to figure out some great names. My wife's really getting into this, so uh, I don't know. One of her favorites was Lolly and Pop. <laughs> so. Ah. There you go. Lollipop. Sounds like something a little baby would like. There you go. Well, I'm really happy to have you back. My regular listeners will remember, Brian, when you were on the show before, you were guest number 463. Now, when you were on the show before, it happened to be your birthday. You're the only guest that ever sang happy birthday to himself on my show. You sang a wonderful British birthday greeting, which is hilarious, by the way. I think that's pretty fun. I won't make you sing that again, but before I give you a proper introduction, I wanted to ask, how are you doing with what's going on with, you know, this uh, past 18 months, this pandemic and all the things we've had to deal with? Has everybody in your family been healthy, been well? Yes, thanks. We had both injections in January and February. The struggle goes on, doesn't it? Yeah, seems to be never ending. Well, I'm glad that you and your family have been healthy. Let me give you a proper introduction, and we're going to talk about more fun things, uh, specifically a very cool festival you're going to be a part of. Brian Redmond is the Grand Ambassador something else to add to your business card, of the Chattanooga Motor Car Festival. It's a wonderful three-day event that includes a rally, a Grand Prix, and Concord Elegance. Brian participated in 350 races in his personal career. He's probably driven a lot more in his uh, retirement career on many, many uh, historic racing tracks. He hailed from Great Britain and was victorious outright or in his class in 94 of those races. He finished in the top three 177 times. His tally of classic long-distance victories included the Targo Floria, Daytona 24 hours three times, Sebring 12 hours twice, the Nürburgring, uh, and of course, Spa four times. He won four long-distance road race team championships and five individual road racing championships. The list goes on and on. He raced Formula One, Formula 5000, and today Brian promotes and participates in historic race car events around the globe. We'll be back in just a minute to talk more about the Chattanooga event with Brian, but first a word from our valued sponsors. So give them a listen, give them a little love. Keep your seatbelts on. We're here with the racer, Brian Redmond. We'll be right back. My friends at Covercraft offer you 10 different options. That's right, 10 
for your vehicle's protection. You can choose from WeatherShield HP, HD, Sunbrella, Ultratect, Reflect, FormFit, Custom View Shield, and their newest five-layer all-climate cover, three-layer moderate climate cover, and a five-layer indoor option. You have all sorts of ways to protect your car. All of these are custom-tailored by Covercraft's talented craftspeople. It's the form and fit with the quality to attention to detail that's been their standard since 1965. Surface protection is the best way to preserve the investment you've made in your vehicles. It's what I do. Covercraft protects cars, trucks, motorcycles, RVs, trailers, and watercraft too. I have a Covercraft cover for every one of my vehicles, and I've got a deal for you. If you use the code YEAH21, Y-E-A-H-21, at Covercraft.com, they'll give you 10% off your order, plus you get free shipping. That's right, 10% off and free shipping. Just use the code YEAH21 at checkout. Covercraft, protecting the things that move you. I was talking with a buddy of mine the other day, and he asked me about American Collectors Insurance. He said, while I listen to you on Cars Yeah, you're always talking about agreed value collector car insurance. Well, I insure all my cars on my regular auto insurance policy, and I've done it for years. Why use a different company for my collector cars? I get a multi-car discount. Isn't that good enough? I suggested he call his carrier and ask how much he would get if his collector car was totaled are stolen. He called back and said, boy, that was a scary conversation. Their value of my car wasn't even close to what it's really worth. Thank you for the education, Mark. So don't just hope for a fair claim settlement. Be certain and know exactly what you receive with an agreed value policy. American Collectors Insurance has been protecting enthusiasts since 1976. Give them a call today for your personal agreed value quote at 866-ACI-YEAH. That's 866 866- 224-9324. Tell them you're a friend of Mark Green's at Cars Yeah. American Collectors Insurance, classic car insurance, designed by collectors for collectors, automotive enthusiasts just like you and me. They're the ones that insure my car. That's American Collectors Insurance. All right, Brian. Well, this is the second year of the Chattanooga Motor Car Festival, the first being 2019. Of course, we all know the COVID pandemic all but canceled most of last year's events. Last time you were the Grand Marshal, this year it's going to be Corky Coker. Say that name 10 times fast. (laughs) That's a tough one. Uh, But this year you hold a very prestigious role. So before we talk about all the different parts of this, being the Grand Ambassador, what does that mean? Well, it means that I've been demoted from being the Grand Marshal. <laughs> well, there you go. Thanks a lot, Corky. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> what What are you looking forward to as part of your your role as the Grand Grand Marshal? Sounds sounds pretty cool, kind of like Grand Poobah. Yeah. Well, you know, as we may have discussed, or you may have talked about the 2019 event, it was the first time that uh, the Chattanooga Motor Car Festival was held. And it was actually, for a first time event, it was pretty amazing. Byron DeFore, the instigator, and his team put together a really great event with some of the best audio visuals that I've seen anywhere. And I've been doing this sort of stuff, you know, for 30 or 40 years. And, uh, and the Concorde d'Elegance was down in the downtown area. And so, in the sprint along the Chattanooga River. But, but uh, this year, they're greatly expanding it. And they're having an actual road race, a road race in the streets of Chattanooga. Oh, incredible. And so that's all being prepared. Yeah, incredible. And in, in addition to that, there is a huge Ferrari collection coming. There is a 600-car Mecham auction 
taking place, which didn't happen before. Mm -hmm. And of course, the concourse as well and the rally. So there's a, a lot going on. Unbelievable, really. Well, no no doubt you're going to be a busy guy. Let's kind of walk through some of these events that are happening, because when you get into an event like that, most Concord events are one day. You, you go in, you enjoy the cars, you leave. But three days, they've got so many things happening. So let's start with the what they call the West Village Road Rally. Are you going to be able to participate in that? Well, I don't know my exact um, schedule yet. I'm waiting to hear from Byron and his right-hand lady, Amber mm-hmm. Suchet, as to what my what I'll actually be doing. But we'll certainly be doing, um, you know, symposiums on the big stage, oh. which is in the downtown area. So it's a massive audiovisual thing, uh, which hundreds of people can see and listen to. You know, there will be symposiums um, almost certainly on Friday morning, Friday afternoon, Saturday morning and Saturday afternoon on different subjects such as Ferrari, Le Mans, Chaka cars, and God knows what. Wow, they're going to have you busy. Yeah. Yes, no, it's going to be busy. Yeah, absolutely. Well, the other part of this, uh, along with the road rally, which I I participated in several of these things at events, including Pebble Beach and Ironstone and and, uh, the La Jolla Concours. What's really fun about those is a lot of the cars that you'll see on the lawn will participate. So you'll get to see these cars actually rolling and in action. And I've been lucky enough to ride along on these other events. And it's so much fun to be a part of it because there's a lot of people along the roads and things. But the part that has me excited and no doubt you too is what they call the pace grand prix at the bend uh this i understand this is a two mile road course 11 turns there's going to be nine classes of cars so somewhat similar to what we see uh say at pebble beach at the laguna seca races historic races where i've seen you many many times and out on the track of course what do you know right now as far as the different types of cars we're going to be seeing actually at speed racing on this track well, there'll be some very exciting, you know, big block Chevys and Fords and uh, the British racers, of course. And Chris Vandergriff, who runs HMSA, Historic Motorsports Association, for I don't know how long, probably 30 years. Mm-hmm. And for many, many years, up until this year, in fact, was the organizer at the Laguna Seca Monterey mm-hmm. events. He yep. is organizing the racing side of it. And so we can be sure there'll be a great entry of exciting, noisy and fast cars flying around the streets of Chattanooga. You know, it's amazing to me because we ha- we see these street courses, and the day we're recording this show, we just got off the Tennessee Grand Prix, uh, which was a little challenging, it looked like. That course looked challenging, and they had a lot of incidents on that track. When it comes to racing vintage cars on a street course, give me your perspective as a true racer. What, what are some of the things these drivers need to be very aware of and very careful about? Well, you know, the drivers that take part in these historic and vintage races, they know what it's all about. They know it's also about preserving the cars, you know, and having a good time. Unfortunately, uh, the red mist descends at times. And so, you know, incidents happen. I mean, if anyone wants to watch some really savage vintage racing, they just need to look at the Goodwood revival. Oh, gosh. Yeah. Okay. (laughs) You see? You see these very, very valuable cars being hurled around, you know, with gay abandon. Yeah. And, uh, yeah. 
I went to the first one probably 25 years ago at Goodwood, and there were 10 D-type Jaguars. Very valuable even then. Today, of course, you know, 10 times more valuable. But I asked one of the owners who was a friend of mine, I said, aren't you a bit concerned about, you know, wrecking it? And he said, no, old boy, not really. He said, we'll just build another one. (laughs) (laughs) Well, yeah. You know, having gone to Laguna Seca and seeing the historic races there and at other venues, but those are proper tracks with a lot of safety, a lot of runoff area, a lot of room. But uh, And having race vintage cars, I did that for 12 years. You're right. People are careful. But road courses, they're so tight and special. But my understanding is we're going to see everything from 1920s brass and 10 racing cars. We're going to see GT cars, open wheel cars, Can-Am, Formula One cars. And even I understand they're going to have modern supercars. And somebody told me electric cars. Well, you've just informed me of something I didn't know. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I, I yeah, can't yeah. imagine. I mean, I'm, I'm trying to guess, were there old electric race cars? I'm not sure I'm aware of that. Well, I mean, one of the very, very first electric cars was built in like, you know, 1900, the late 1800s. Yeah. An electric, there was an electric car built at that time with separate electric motors. And of course, the famous Dr. Porsche was involved in that one. Oh, yeah. So, you know, electric's been around forever. Yeah, absolutely. You know, while we're on the the nature of racing, I'd love to get your opinion of uh, Formula E. Uh, I had an author on the show uh, a couple months ago who wrote a wonderful book about Formula E. He's been to almost every Formula E race. And he did say at the beginning it was a little bit like, I want the noise. But after a while, he really kind of got into it. Have you watched any of the Formula E racing? No, I haven't, you know, and I'm I'm not very happy about the lack of sound. <laughs> yes. And if you remember, back in the uh, in the early 70s, 72, 73, Porsche produced their 1,000 horsepower uh, turbocharged mm-hmm. race car. Yep. The 917.10 and the 917.30, both of which won the Can-Am Championship. John, George Fulmer one year and Mark Rodney Hugh the next in 1973. But one of the d- disappointing things about those, the first time I saw one was at Watkins then. And then Mark Donahue comes out of the last turn and passed the pit and there's no noise whatsoever. It just goes <laughs> whoosh. Oh, yeah. Like whoosh. Yeah, and really... I'd rather have a bit of noise, a Formula One noise. (laughs) (laughs) Well, you know, you've run so many incredible cars. And later in our talk today, I want to ask you about some of those cars and maybe pick one or two to tell us a bit of a story. But we'll get into that in a minute. For now, let's stay with the Chattanooga Motor Car Festival. Now, in addition to the rally, in addition to the Grand Prix, they're going to have, I should, well, I guess they call it a Grand Prix. Yeah, they're going to have a Concours event. Are you going to be maybe uh, one of the judges of this event? Yes, I'll be a judge in the Concours event, amongst all the other things we're doing. It's going to be an extremely busy uh, weekend. I look forward to it. Now, you've been a judge before at Concours events, because I've seen you walking around with the straw hat and the the blue blazer, I believe. (laughs) Yes, yes. Well, I've been every year to Amelia Island in March, although this year it was in May because of COVID. But yes, yes, I've been a judge there every year, so 25 years or so. And at other events, I can't say that I really enjoy it because, you know, sometimes cars that are in the class that you're judging belong to friends of yours. Ah. And this actually happened to me at Amelia Island the first year when a friend of mine, Michael Malfitono, a big Porsche enthusiast he had two porsche race cars in the class that i was judging Uh oh and unfortunately 
he finished second and third, and he gave me a hard time afterwards. Yeah, I'll bet. Brian explained to me why my car didn't win. Yeah, that puts yes. you in an awkward situation, doesn't it? Yes, it does. Yeah. yeah, not much fun. Well, you know, uh, judging is judging, and it is what it is. So you could always just point to the other guy, say, go talk to him. <laughs> yes, exactly. <laughs> That's what I would have done. Well, somewhat amazingly, the first electric car in the United States was developed in, wait for it, 1890. Wow. <laughs> and it was a, a six-passenger wagon capable of reaching the magnificent speed of 14 miles an hour <laughs> <laughs> well you know yeah. that's kind of cool now was that the vehicle that uh ferdinand porsche developed or was that a different vehicle no that was another one another one okay yeah. very cool well you know the the other thing about concord event and what i know about the chattanooga motor car festival is their event is going to have 19 classes and it's going to go all the way back to the brass and tin era so that would be the 20s i believe somewhere in there and then also they're going to go up to what we call radwood cars which are cars of the 80s and 90s, uh, which is for the younger folks, I guess, younger than you and I, Brian, uh, that are coming into the car scene, which is kind of an exciting thing because it's bringing more young people into the Concours world, right? It does indeed. And of course, you know, that's something that all the sanctioning bodies, the historic and vintage people, they all want to bring younger people. And the same with the modern racing as well. Right. They all try to bring younger people in, you know. Well, we have to, because us old guys aren't going to be around forever. Someone's got to <laughs> someone's got to take care of these cars uh, in the future. So I think that's pretty cool. Now you mentioned earlier they're going to have a a very special collection of Ferraris at this event, and it's going to be celebrating Ferrari's seventy fifth anniversary, which happens in twenty twenty two. I don't know much about this group of cars. Do you know much about what Ferraris we maybe are going to see? Not really, no. I know that a friend of mine is supposed to be bringing his uh, 312PB, which was a car that I raced in 1972 and 1973 for Ferrari. Uh, the first year, 72, we won the Championship and won every race. Wow. But in early 1973, the French company, Matra, came in and they actually had a rather better car <laughs> and they won the championship that year. Wow, fascinating. Now, I remember in 1968, you raced, I believe, a Ferrari F2 Dino at the Nürburgring. Am I right on that? Yes, but this was on the, what they call the Sudschleife, the South Circuit, mm -hmm. the main circuit, which is about five miles around, but very twisty, up and down, just like the main circuit, which is 14 and a half mm. around with, a, with 175 turns, but it was the small circuit, yes. Well, very cool. Now, when you think back to racing Ferraris, as you did, more than that one Dino, was there any one Ferrari in your history back in your racing days that really stands out for you? Well, you know, the Ferrari, as with every other racing car manufacturer, Ferrari went through periods of downtimes and periods when they were unbeatable. But perhaps, you know, the GTO, which was earlier, and the 250 LM uh, were just unbelievable. I think it was the American, uh, Maston Gregory, uh, who won Le Mans with Jochen Rent in one, and they tried to break it. You know, they didn't want to race for 24 hours. They said, let's blow it up. <laughs> and they ran it flat out and won. <laughs> <laughs> so, yes, but it goes for me because I, I drove mostly, I drove the 250LM, which was fantastic. Uh, the 312PB, which was what we were talking about with 1972 and three, was a Formula One car with bodywork on it. Oh, that's engine. right. 
Yeah. You know, the gearbox, the engine, the brake, everything was Formula One, except it had an all enveloping body. Wow. Wow. As you recall, was that a nice car to drive? Good car to drive? Easy car? It was car a to great drive? car to drive. Great car. Fantastic. It had, you know, it had a fantastic uh, five-speed gearbox where you really couldn't get a wrong gear, which could easily happen with a normal racing gearbox. Pretty easy to get a wrong gear. Yeah. But you could move the gear shift lever as fast as you could move your hand and you couldn't miss a gear. Perfect. Wow. Bang, bang, bang. Just like that. Yeah. Oh. How fantastic. You know, when you think about Ferrari and this incredible history they've had, all the way up until the new cars today, you think about Ferraris. Um, Do Ferraris hold a special place in your heart? If you look at the new Ferraris that are out today, are there any cars that really kind of, I should say, tickle your fancy? Or are you like me? You kind of like the old guys. Well, I really prefer the older cars. Of course, all the modern cars, whether you're talking about Porsche or Ferrari or Lamborghini are all absolutely amazing, you know, mm-hmm. with their paddle shifting and the traction control and stability control. But for me, I prefer the, the older cars, you know, where you, where you have to shift the gears yourself yeah. and where you can make a mistake. So really, of course, you know, being older, I naturally prefer the older cars. I don't really care so much for the paddle shifting uh, where you can't make a mistake. It was very common in the old days in racing cars to shift a gear too soon and therefore over-rev the engine. If you're changing, let's say, from fifth to fourth or first to second or whatever, uh, you can't do that today. You just tap the paddle and if the engine car's going too fast for the speed, then it won't change gear. So you reach the speed and also the traction control and stability control. Because in my day, the traction control was your right foot and the stability control was the seat <laughs> of your pants. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> absolutely. I understand. I understand. I kind of feel the same way. Uh, the new cars, while I've driven a few, are pretty spectacular. But uh, And I guess in many ways they're nice because they're they're almost unbreakable compared to old Ferraris, which were te- yes. temperamental yes. and challenging and you know adjusting carburetors and all that. Those days are all gone. It's uh, pretty much get in and drive yep. which is pretty fun yep. now i know for those listeners there's other great events happening at this wonderful chattanooga event they're having uh, as we mentioned the meekum auctions uh they're having a big party in the west village they're going to have a band there called the zippers which it sounds like a lot of fun uh also a saturday charity cruise in car show so there's gonna be a lot of people if you live in the area you can take your car to the event i think it's pretty cool now brian i understand all these great events around the country and the world they typically support a charity and i know in this case, uh, this event is in part hosted by 50 Plus Foundation. It supports neuroscience research. They're working on Alzheimer's cure with the CHI Memorial Hospital and so forth. It's a really important part of these events, isn't it? It very much is so. And uh, Bayer and four the main instigator, is extremely generous with all of these institutions. And even if the event itself doesn't make any money, he will still give them plenty yeah, absolutely. I think it's fantastic. Now, there's going to be other celebrities in addition to you, because I hold you as a celebrity. You're definitely a celebrity in my world. When I look at uh, all the racing I watched of you from the time I was a kid, I'm going to age you a little bit more than me here, Brian, but uh, you are a little bit more mature than I am. Not by much, though, but uh, <laughs> I understand that we're going to see some uh, pretty cool faces. Linda Vaughn, who's been a guest here on my show, your buddy David Hobbs, he's been on the show as well, uh, Ray Everham, Lynn St. James. She's been on the show several times here. Alonda Cadenet, Wayne Carini. Uh, anybody else I've missed that you know of? Well, I, you see, I'm not certain yet. I know the, the number that's been invited, but I don't know who's actually accepted. I wouldn't want to say you know too much about that. 
Until we know for sure. For sure, yeah. Well, it sounds like there's going to be a great lineup of uh, some pretty cool things. Now, I would love for you to share a quick story with us of your activities, your involvement at the first Chattanooga uh, event, because you were there. You were the grand poobah back at that one. Um, was there one thing, if you ha- if you could pick one thing, because it was such an exciting event, one thing that really stood out for you that caused you to return this year? Well, I, I think, you know, from the uh, first event in 2019, it was pretty amazing. And the incredible audio-visual outside in the street was about the best I've ever seen in that uh, condition. And, of course, the sprint up and down the Chattanooga River was wonderful. And then uh, the Concord d'Elegance on the Sunday was superb. So, you know, every part of it. And this year, it's going to be bigger and better. Absolutely. It's definitely something to attend. I always like to ask my guests about a great book. Now, there's a wonderful book that you put out titled Brian Redmond, Daring Drivers, Deadly Tracks. Uh, Have you uh, come up with another book since we last spoke? No, not likely. That was enough work, wasn't it? Yeah. It was. Yes, yes. And it's, you know, two years of pretty hard work and some disagreements and this sort of thing. And, but it's done very well. And, uh, about a year ago, I asked the publisher in England, Eric Verdenrow, I said, you know, how many books have you got left? And he said, well, I don't have any, old boy. There are a few in America at the distributor, the uh-huh. Quoto. Uh-huh. So I called, well, I called Quoto and they've got like 30 books. And this is a year ago. Um, I wanted some more. And so I called Quoto, ordered a couple of boxes. And they said, we have another delivery coming in July. This oh. is this July. Wow. I said, well, there aren't any. So I called Eric Verdenrow again. And I said, you know, last year you said there were no more left. They're all gone. Ah, I said, did I not tell you, old boy? Uh, <laughs> I've had another thousand printed. <laughs> <laughs> no, you, you neglected to tell me that. Well, well, that's very exciting. Yeah. You know, for you listeners that missed this and thought you couldn't get one, I'll make sure I put a link to this book. I just checked on Amazon. They're still there. Uh, you got to get your hands on this book. It's definitely worth being on your automotive library shelf. It's a wonderful recount of Brian's life and racing. And uh, I've got a copy. It's wonderful. So I'll make sure I put a link to that. Now, I, I asked you earlier, Brian, you know, when, when I went through the list of cars, kind of the top 10 cars, because you sent me a list uh, that you've raced, and I'm going to run through them really quick and then have you answer a question here. You raced the 65 Jaguar E-Type, a Ferrari 250 LM, which you mentioned earlier, a 75 Lola T332, a BRM P167, Formula 5000s, uh, the Lola T600, the Porsche 908, uh, one of my favorites, Porsche 917K, another one at Spa, uh, the Ferrari Dino I mentioned. Um, if you look at all those vehicles, is there one vehicle that you could maybe pluck out of that delicious selection we have there and share a quick little story about when you raced that car? Well, I, I you know, although I, I was lucky enough to drive for some of the best teams in the world in long distance races, 68 with John Wire and the GT40 and Jackie Hicks, Mm-hmm. 69 for factory Porsche with Joe Siffert and 70 in the factory Porsche, but run by John Wire and again with Siffert and then 72 with Ferrari. And so that was really a great period for me. But the best was 73, 4, 5 and 6 driving for Jim Hall in America uh, and the cars supplied by Carl Haas, the Lola importer, mm. where we won the three championships. Uh, with Mario finishing second for two years in 74 and 5, and Alan Sassini second the third year 
And I would have won the first year, but I didn't do as many races. 73, Jody Schechter won. He mm-hmm. went on to become world champion for Ferrari. Uh, but I did, uh, I won five races and he won four, but he did two more races because I was in Europe driving for Ferrari in the uh-huh. sports car. Uh-huh. So those are great, great years. And, you know, of all the races, I think the luckiest one uh, in that period was to win the first Long Beach Grand Prix in the uh-huh. streets in 1975. Yeah. <laughs> and so, yeah. So we had a fantastic time. It was a great, great team, you know, just four guys, Franz Weiss, who built the engines and tested the cars, and Troy Rogers, the fabricator, and the late Davy Evans, uh, the British expert on gearboxes, and Tony Connor. It was only four people, you know, compared to today, where to do the same effort, you have 20 people running the team. Right. Well, you have an incredible life. And I'll tell you, Brian, uh, I was a junior in high school in 75 and I was at Long Beach. I grew up in Southern California and I watched you win. So uh, very, very exciting. I should go try to find some of those old slides I shot. I'm sure I've got some great pictures of you somehow. I got to dig those out, though. I don't know why I shot slides back in the day, but that's what people did when they thought they were great photographers, I guess. So yeah, uh, that uh, Long, Long Beach race on the Friday afternoon in the last qualifying session, my car twitched sideways in the turn one mm-hmm. where it went light and you just had time to get a two seconds of quick flat out. It turned sideways and something had broken it in the differential. Oh. And so uh, Jim Hall didn't want to look at it, but he did. And they put a new diff in, the Wiseman diff had broken. And it broke on the 10th lap of the race when I was lying fourth behind Andretti, uh, Tony Bryce, the English protégé of Graham Hill, and uh, Alonso. And one by one, they all broke. They all broke their axles, they broke their shafts, and I went into the wall. So we won. Lucky <laughs> win, but a great win. As they say, that's racing. Uh, wow. Yes. Yeah, fantastic. Well, you know, Brian, I want to thank you for the years and years of delightful racing you provided all of us enthusiasts. And the fact that you're still out there participating in these events, you're you're making yourself available to the public, you're jumping in cars. I watched a few video, videos of you driving. Uh, one was a Lola uh, not, not too long ago that's on YouTube. So you listeners can find all sorts of things. Uh, can you maybe leave us with a little parting uh, word of thought and advice when it comes to the Chattanooga motor car event that's coming up here very soon? Well, I'd just like to invite everybody who might be interested to Chattanooga for this great uh, 2020 motor car festival with road racing through the streets, a rally, a 600 car Mecham auction, a show of Ferraris and speakers speaking on the splendid auditorium. Uh, on all sorts of subjects. It'll be a great uh, weekend. It's going to be a fantastic weekend, listeners. Go to ChattanoogaMotorCar.com. You can get your tickets. The event's coming up very quick. Uh, you can still plenty of time to get there and go. Get out there, have some fun. Say hello to Brian when you're at the event. Hey, Brian, thanks for uh, calling in again and spending some time with me today. It's always good to catch up with you. Stay healthy. Okay, Mark. Stay well, my friend. And until you and I talk again, I'll see you at the Chattanooga Motor Car Festival. Fantastic. Linkage. It's a new quarterly publication and website that covers the automotive market, driving, restoring, collecting, and discovering your passion for motor vehicles. Linkage is about experiences, opinions, and values. Linkage is an actual, informed, reasoned opinion based on firsthand experiences. A talented Linkage team covers the automotive world, the people who share your passion and mine, smart, considered, rational, and experienced opinions. 
ones you can learn from and grow. That includes our passion that drives auctions and the collector car market. So come with me and join us on this journey. And be sure to use the code CARSYEAH when you subscribe and they'll give you $10 off. Boom! Linkage, geared for the automotive life. Subscribe today at LinkageMag.com. Here at Cars Yeah, it's all about inspiration. And our charity of choice is TechForce Foundation, where it's all about making a positive difference in young people's lives. TechForce helps young adults discover their talents and passions for all things automotive with a mission of helping students develop a career as a professional technician. TechForce awards nearly $2 million in scholarships every year for students to pursue technical education, and they support hands-on activities, events, and mentorships across the country, working to change the outdated perceptions of these careers. Autotechs are in high demand, but the supply of qualified technicians is critically short. They need your help to fuel their mission. Learn more and join me in supporting them at techforce.org. Thank you so much for joining us on today's ride here at Cars Yeah! Drive on over to CarsYeah.com to find show notes and inspiring automotive fun. Download your free copy of Filler Up, a fun book filled with gorgeous photographs of fuel filler fun, including quotes from more inspiring automotive enthusiasts. Download your copy today, and we'll see you next time on Cars Yeah!